Hello and welcome back everyone to Cards of the Octagon. I know it's been a minute. We've held out on you guys. I know you all missed us, but we're back. The long-awaited return. We're here and we're excited and ready to dive in into some UFC and UFC cards. Now, as always, make sure you guys follow us on Instagram at Cards of the Octagon. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Cards of the Octagon. Make sure you follow Devin. 314 sports cards at 314 sports underscore cards on Instagram and Twitter. And make sure you go follow all time cards at Instagram and Twitter. And go follow both 314 sports cards and all time cards on whatnot if you have a whatnot account. And then follow me, Food Film Fahad, on Instagram, Twitter, and threads. Um, so yeah, excited to be back. Sarah. We've we've left off a while ago, so a lot had happened in the UFC world. So I'm gonna let the guys Devin and Gavin take care of that, and uh, yeah, enjoy the episode. Thank you for the intro, Fod. Uh, I think I speak for all of us to say that we're very excited to get back to the swing of things, recording uh, UFC cards and the UFC, uh, I guess, industry as a, as a whole has been really really popular and really really hot, and excited to get back to it. Yeah, so we are back finally. I am also as excited as everyone else. Um, obviously, it's been a minute. So first things first, I think we should play a little bit of catch up, not go into it too in depth, but just a little bit of catch up of where we left off as far as UFC stuff goes. And then we will play catch up on UFC cards as well. So starting off where we left off, we left off on Holloway versus Allen preview. That was our last episode we did, which that was a phenomenal card. Um, but a lot of other things have happened. So I'm just going to quickly, quickly brief through all of the things that happened while we were gone. Um, not too much, but a couple things that I do want to note. So like I said, last episode was the Holloway versus Allen preview. But since then, Pavlovich looks like an insane force in the heavyweight division. He ended up knocking out Curtis Blades. We also saw the return of Triple C Henry Cejudo fighting Aljamain Sterling in the main event, came out of retirement, and lost to a split decision to Aljo. Then we had uh, Jaltion Almeida, who is a rookie in this new product. He is looking like a very scary, scary opponent in the heavyweight division as well. He went in and defeated Jair Rosenstruck in dominant fashion. Then we also, I had to put this on the list, Bahad's guy, Amir Albazi, moved up in the flyweight rankings, beating Kai Kara France. Then we also had uh, Amanda Nunes destroying Irene Aldana and retiring as the women's UFC GOAT. In my opinion, I think that's pretty undisputed. Uh, we also saw Ilya Taporia go out, another massive, massive rookie from last year. Showed out against our guy, Josh Emmett. Looks like a very, very scary guy in that division. And lastly, this was last week, we saw Abus Magomedov in the middleweight division get absolutely dominated by Sean Strickland. Um, and so, yeah, that's basically what we've missed and a gist of UFC news. As far as UFC cards, um, a couple of things have happened. Prism 2023 has released Hobby and Undercard. Uh, let's dive into that because I think we should definitely dive into the products. Uh, Devin, what do you think about, let's start with hobby and I guess we can go undercard too. What do you think about the new prison products? A big fan. Uh, you know, I, I don't think, I think when a product of, of that magnitude is coming out and came out, it's hard to temper our expectations a little bit. I mean, it's prism. It's one of the, one of, if not the core UFC product every year, a uh, brand new crop of rookies, brand new, you know, design, all that kind of stuff, new, new color blast, uh, play uh, fighters in that checklist now so we were obviously everybody was always of course very excited for it i think it's delivered i don't think it's blown anybody away in terms of the box per box value but similar to it was last year i think it's a very very good product fun product open fun to rip fun doing bricks all that good stuff i agree and it's kind of interesting since we are a little behind but we get to reflect on what we've seen since it's been out for a little bit now i mean we've seen some pretty big true blacks hit the one of ones we've seen some color blast and hit some really really cool stuff in this product that we haven't seen before for example my guy george st pierre has a color blast this year sean o'malley has an awesome color blast uh some of the black one of ones we've seen we saw the 
Uh, Hasbulla one of one auto get hit that was actually auctioned off on Golden recently. I think it ended around like twenty eight thousand dollars. So there's been some crazy, crazy stuff with this Prism product. Uh, as far as the rookie class goes, I'm indifferent on if I think it's too soon, but I'm indifferent on the rookie class to see if this rookie class is better than previous Prism rookie class. What do you think on that, Devin? I think I think we'll find out in. That could be as soon as this weekend's you know fight card where Bo Nickel fights. He's the, of course heavy favorite against the late notice replacement, but Bo Nickel is one of if not one of you know maybe aside from Hasbula the biggest rookie chasing this product. Uh, Aaron Blanchfield's been great up to this point. She has a tough fight coming up against a tough, a tough fight coming up in a couple of months. So I think we'll see. I think there's a lot of like under the radar fighters in this class who are rookies who are good sleepers. Big fan of Mario Bautista among others. A uh, big fan of Martin Budai as well. I think these guys can, you know, maybe put together pretty good careers. Yeah, and I think it's actually pretty fun because uh, unlike last year, at least in my opinion, a lot of the rookies in last year's product weren't as active as the rookies in this rookie class, in my opinion. Like we've seen Frivola fight recently, Bo Nichols fighting, Aaron Blanchfield's fighting, uh, Tetsuo Tyra this weekend. I mean, these rookies are pretty active, and I think that makes it even more excited for the product in general. Um, yeah, definitely. With- I mean, even even guys like Sean Woodson. I mean, I, I think the depth of this class is stronger than it was last year with even, you know, you may not get, you know, a ton of, you know, the Sean Brady's and the guys who are heavily invested in, but you get a lot of collectability for a lot of fun fighters, a lot of fan favorite fighters. A hundred percent. And with the Prism 2023 release, there was Undercard, which Undercard's a pretty fun uh, rip. It's a little bit cheaper than Hobby. As you guys know, it's been out for a little bit. I, I'm not the biggest fan. Uh, I'd rather go hobby, but it's it's definitely a fun product if you're just looking for a quick, fun, easy rip. Um, but with the Prism release, just recently, the White Sparkle Prism 2023 UFC packs dropped. Uh, they dropped on the Panini website or the Panini app, whichever one you use. They sold out within, I think it was like five minutes, and I was having trouble getting some in my cart for some reason. Uh, but now, recently, they have been delivered. People have been opening them. I think the cards look amazing. I haven't seen a bone nickel white sparkle yet. I'm excited to see that. And uh, yeah, what do you have? You seen any of those been opened, Devin? And what do you think if you have? Yeah, I think they look really, really, really good. Um, I'm not a super big fan of like Panini selling them for. I, I know it's totally their right, totally their product, but yeah, you know, I, I wish they. Maybe did it via reward points, via some sort of you know some sort of way that makes it a little bit more spread out. I, I know some people bought you know forty or fifty different packs of the same white sparkle release. So again, it's their right to do that. But yeah, I like the cards. Um, similar to last year, I think for sure. Yeah, the and if you guys didn't know, with the white sparkle packs, they're rumored to be around printed to twenty. Uh, for the normal cards and then the autos every auto in the white sparkle packs they're not guaranteed it's three cards a pack if you do pull an auto though it is a guaranteed one of one which i think is a lot of fun the first one of one auto i saw get pulled out of the white sparkle packs was uh the leech which was really really cool because he's got his auto um i believe it's in chinese which is awesome um as far as other products that have released there's only been two 2023 products released so far this year um donruss 2023 hobby ufc also released uh recently how do you feel about that product you know i think it's it's a fun rip but it came out way too close to the prism release in my opinion uh just not a fan of the amount of cards uh i say this in the most sincere way possible it's not a very fun rip uh most boxes have the autograph near the top or at the top right pack to where once you get your auto once you get your mem it's sort of like it's a kind of a painful rip, and I think that's the problem with Donruss in other sports too. There's less cards in football, but it's just you get that one hit, and that's kind of it in some regards. So I wish they would maybe reconfigure the product coming up in coming years, maybe where there's less cards per pack, maybe better insert hits potentially as well. Yeah, I agree. I think the idea is really cool, obviously, as us as collectors, I think. The amount of cards is fun in a sense, but once it's just the same cards printed over and over again, it's not as fun. Um, I think the inserts that they make are really cool, but I wish 
the designs of the inserts are really cool, but the implication of numbering the inserts is not as cool, in my opinion. Uh, I've seen a couple of the Marvel's inserts that look like comic book covers. Those are awesome cards, just how they are. But then when you like pull one out of 10, it's just like serial numbered off to the side. Doesn't look very cool at all. You probably wouldn't be able to tell. Um, so I, I do agree with you. I think it's a cool product. I think that there's a lot of things that could be implemented to make it a better product. Hopefully we see that in the future because, again, it's a, it's a cool product, but I think it could be done a lot better. I think you do have the first autos. He's a redemption, but first autos of Bo Nickel, plus first autos of Jack Della, as well as Raul, Raul Rosas. So is some bonus there, I think, as well, you know, for, for, for getting a couple fighters who are rookies who didn't sign in Prism. Now Raul Rosas coming off the big loss, you know, not as hot as it would have been or could have been, but still, you know, some unique autographs for the first time in Donruss. To go with those autos, I think also Mokaev is a redemption. I think Tatsuya Tyra as well is a redemption auto to go with Bo Nickel. So now that we're basically all caught up, I think we should get into what's going on currently. Uh, this weekend is an absolute monster of a weekend. I'm very excited we're starting back on this week. Uh, today, as we're recording, this is Thursday, July 6th. So I believe it is International Fight Week. I believe today is the first like day of events for International Fight Week as well. I think the press conference should, they're doing some kind of press conference tonight as well. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. This weekend is UFC 290, probably one of the most stacked cards of the year. But I say that, man, the UFC is blessing us with some insane cards this year. Already, it's been amazing, but it just keeps on getting better, starting with this UFC 290 card. Um, I, let's just get into... I'll highlight some fights. If you have some fights that I don't highlight that you want to talk about, uh, just shout them out. First we'll one say, I want to talk about... I will say that it's taken, the card's taken a couple hits. You know, Bonicola's original opponent, Treshawn Gore's out, and Jack Della's original opponent, uh, Sean Brady's out. That said, though, I still think it's going to be a very fun card. A lot of fun action matchups. And a lot of big names as well. Oh, 100%. And to get us started, I mean, even in the early, early bouts, we've got this This kid is so good at 135. Uh, Cameron Samen, he's fighting Terrence Mitchell. Uh, Samen doesn't have any cards yet, unfortunately. I think we've talked about him previously um, on older podcasts. He still doesn't have any cards. He didn't make the 2023 rookie class so far. Maybe they implement him near the end of the year. Maybe not. We, sometimes we see rookies get implemented randomly. Um, with him, though, I think he probably would be in next year's rookie class. The kid's a beast, though. He's 8-0. He's fighting Terrence Mitchell, who's 15-2. and two. I'm excited to see Cameron. I know he's in the fight camp with Drikas, who is later on this card. What do you think about Cameron? What do you think about this matchup, Devin? Yeah, big fan of him. I believe he's had Panini instant rookies, if I'm not mistaken. I think um, so. So I think that gives us good a good idea that he'll be in... 2024 products um that's a good sign yeah undefeated eight no uh should be a pretty favorable matchup in this fight another one i want to highlight in these early prelims we just mentioned him a couple minutes ago tatsua tyra who is in prism product he is in prism 2023 as a rookie and he's also in donris as a rookie this kid is special i've talked about him a lot on the podcast i think this kid has championship aspirations in his future he's also undefeated he's 13 and 0 he's fighting edgar chires who is 10 and 4 he's fighting in his debut tyra was supposed to fight last weekend or was it last weekend or the weekend before that anyways the fight got moved he had to find a new opponent um this is now his new opponent i think Either opponent that he fights, no matter who it is, I think Tyra will probably get the first round finish. As he's done in most of his fights so far throughout his early stages in his UFC career, I'm very excited about this. Um, I could see, like I said, first round finish and then his cards go up. What do you think, Dev? Yeah, um, I think, again, similar to Simon fight, a pretty self-explanatory, I think, expected win for Tyra. He's fighting a guy who has had losses to Clayton Carpenter, a UFC veteran, as well as a guy on, on the card in Jesus Aguilar. So you've already basically in some regard 0-2 in the UFC, fighting a big up-and-coming prospect. It's credit to him for taking the fight, and we'll see what he can do, but big props to Tyra here, I think. 
So now we're getting into some of, I mean, Tyra and Saman are bigger names, but a little bit under the radar in my opinion. But now we can get into some of the big names. In the prelims, we start off with Jimmy Crute versus Alonzo Minifield, which this is actually a rematch. Um, this fight went on, I think it was it was a couple months. It was near the beginning of the year. I believe it was in February. Uh, Alonzo Minifield and Jimmy Crute fought, uh, and it ended up being a majority draw it was a very interesting fight. It was entertaining at some points, but then very hard to watch at some points. Um, I'm very excited to see what happens since it was only a couple months ago. Maybe one guy took leaps and bounds and looks like a completely different fighter. I, it's hard to say that with these guys. I'm not the biggest fan of either one of these guys, but it definitely could happen. And also, I would like to highlight Jimmy Crute is from Australia. This card is loaded with the Australians. Uh, which is very exciting. So this fight, what are we thinking? It's going to be fun. I think, you know, I hope both guys coming up to draw against each other haven't had a fight in between there. So I think it'll hopefully be exciting. Both guys have struggled to make like the next jump. Uh, I believe they've both spent time more, more so crude in, in the rankings. So it's sort of a time is ticking on both guys. I, I know Crude's still pretty young, but I hope hopefully some fireworks to begin the prelims here. Yeah. So then... As Devin mentioned just a second ago, uh, Jack Della Maddalena, massive rookie in 2023 Prism and also Donruss. He uh, had to get a new opponent as well. Was his fight rescheduled as well? Uh, the opponent or Jack Della's? I think just the fight in general. I th- was it rescheduled or was it supposed to be on this card and just the opponent? I think it was supposed to be on this card against Sean Brady. Um, unfor- I think Sean Brady was actually in the hospital for a little, for a little while. Um, you know, I, I know people are kind of mad that they couldn't find a better replacement and maybe choosing the UFC of, of being cheap or not coming with the big bucks. Some of these more hard name guys, I know Kevin Holland's name was in there at some point, but you know, credit to Harold who's seven and oh, and hopefully this will provide a little bit of a test for Jack Dell in this fight. Yeah. I mean, it's that, that's, it's not easy when you have to make a replacement cause you want to be fair, um, to not only the fighters, but individually each fighter. Um, and the fans so especially in the welterweight division i mean this division is one of the most stacked divisions in the ufc right now um unfortunately uh jack isn't getting that shot at a guy that's in the top 10 at number eight being sean brady Unfortunately, he's getting an unranked opponent i still think it's going to be a great fight um i think jack will probably have a pretty dominant performance and then earn himself another top 10 fighter in the future hopefully if he gets it done quick, we could see him on the Australia card at Sydney soon. That's a possibility. You never know. Um, but I do think Harrell is not a guy that you can overlook. I think he's still a pretty great fighter, although Jack is amazing, and I actually really like Jack. I think it's going to be an interesting fight, and I'm excited to see how it goes. Um, to finish off the prelims, we have uh, Robbie Lawler versus Nico Price. Um, I feel like I already know where Devin is going to go with this because we've talked about it before. Uh <laughs> How do you feel about Robbie retiring before the fight even happens? I'm not, I'm not a fan of it. And, you know, I think in this case, though, I mean, when you compare it to fighters, no offense to them, like Roxanne Mataferi, for example, um, Robbie Lawler might, is a former champion. You know, he might have a bit more of, a, of an okay to do that. Uh, this is going to be a great fight. Nico Price is just a... a Kind of like a hands-down throw punch. It's kind of like a Trevor Peak in some regard and how he throws punches and kicks and stuff. Uh, doesn't have a ton of technique in some regard, but it's going to be a great fight. This is the perfect matchup, too. Um, I don't think... It's kind of like the Shogun fight where they gave him a nice up-and-coming guy for some reason. This is actually a fight that is two veterans, two guys who will come in in the middle and punch. This is going to be a great fight. It's a great retirement fight for Lawler as well. Yeah, no, I'm excited. I I am also not a big fan of when fighters retire before a fight. I just feel like it puts the opponent in a weird situation, in my opinion. 100%. I don't. Obviously, I'm not a fighter, so I can't speak to that. But I would imagine that that has some kind of mental strain on the opponent if a legend, especially like Robbie Lawler, is saying, "I'm yeah, I'm putting down the gloves." So I'm excited for this fight, man. Robbie is a legend. He's got some of the most memorable moments in the UFC that I've ever seen. Uh, I'm sure that this fight is going to go just like all of his other ones and just be an absolute battle. So I'm very excited to see what happens in Robbie's retirement fight against Nico Price. Yeah, I mean, his his fight, his second fight versus Ward McDonald is still the backdrop on my laptop right now. Like, 
when he kind of, I think it was end of round three, he looked down, spit, and then put his head back up. That was one of the most, like, goosebumps moments I've ever had watching the UFC. Uh, just a legend, a, a true tough guy, and someone who I really respect as a fighter and as a person. So I'm going to say this is what he can do on Saturday. Yeah, I think, in all honesty, I think Robbie is a no-doubt Hall of Famer in my eyes. I really hope that he gets inducted to the UFC Hall of Fame. He's fought some killers in the UFC. He's got a decent record. Um, no hate to Cowboy, but if Cowboy's in the UFC, or UFC Hall of Fame, I think Robbie Lawler should be as well. well. And look at who Robbie Lawler's fought. I think that's, you know, I love guys like Matt Brown and these other, but Robbie Lawler, fight in and fight out. I mean, three fights ago, he fought, you know, Magni. He fought Nick Diaz recently, Colby Covington, Dos Anjos, hot newcomer Ben Askren when he made his debut. Uh, Woodley, Condit. I mean, he's he's fought a who's who, whereas, yeah, guys like Cerrone maybe fought a little bit lesser down, in my opinion. So Lawler, to me, as you said, Gavin, no doubt Hall of Famer. Yeah. So, the, like I said, this card is loaded. UFC 290 is crazy as it was planned out to be being fight week. So that's just ending the prelims. Now we're going to get in to the main card, which is absolutely insane. We start off with, obviously, the prodigy child, Mr. Bo Nickel versus Val Woodburn. Obviously, this is a very late replacement. He was supposed to be fighting Treshawn Gore originally. Uh, but in my opinion, I don't know how you feel about this, Devin. I actually think that this is a better matchup and a bigger test than Treshawn Gore for Bo Nickel, in my opinion. Well, the interesting part is Nickel's in his UFC or even his MMA career, albeit very short, comes in the fight, takes his opponent down, and that's basically it. Uh, Val Woodburn is a guy I think it might be harder to take down than a guy like Treshawn Gore. He's he's a lot shorter. He's like 5'8", I think. He'll be in a 185. Like, a little bit stocker, thicker legs. I'll be interested to see if Bo either gets the takedown or not on the first try and what happens there go after. Um, still heavy favorite, Bo Nickel. I, I, I agree with that, but I think you're right, Gavin. Even the record aside, Gore, Gore I think is 4 and 2, Woodburn 7 and 0. I think he's a tougher, stylistic matchup for Bo Nickel. Yeah, and not to get too much into their records, but I mean, Val, if you go back, I mean, he's got a round 1 KO, round 1 KO, ref stoppage round 2, KO round 2, strikes round 1 decision unanimously and unanimous decision again uh whereas gore obviously doesn't have those kind of wins i think like i said i think this might be a tougher matchup for Bo. although i do think Bo's going to get it done i'm very excited to see what happens it's always exciting when we get to see a massive rookie like Bo nickel fight especially in these kind of circumstances i think this proves even though i know it's not the biggest competition as what we're seeing especially with the live odds but it's always fun to see a guy like this with this much hype around him step up and be like, you know what? I'll fight whoever. I don't care. That's what I really like about Bo as well. I love it as well. And I'm curious, depending on how he wins, it will be first round decision. If he does get the win, of course, how his card market reacts to that. Of course, we have the national in a couple of weeks. His cards are the biggest besides Hasbulla right now in the UFC prison product as a rookie. You know, we see fighters, even if they get, you know, a decision, their cards go down because people thought they'd, they'd, they would get, you know, first round finishes and stuff. So I'm curious to see if the way he wins affects his market as cards, I think. I agree. I think. I mean, if Bo goes out there and knocks him out first round, I feel like Bo's stuff will probably go up. Um, or if he submits him. I mean, if we see, this is all I have to say. This is the last thing I'm going to say about Bo. If we see another submission like Bo did last time uh, in his contender series, I like if he knocks him, then tra his transitions are beautiful. Bo has only, like you said, is very, very, very uh, new in his MMA career as far as UFC goes. But if he keeps taking these leaps and bounds like he has, Bo is a problem in that division, man. It's a very fresh division. There's not many new things going on. He's, he's the fresh guy in there. He could jump up these rankings pretty quickly and be contending for the belt sooner than a lot of people think, in my opinion. I agree, and I believe it was Chemayev's third fight in the UFC where he got a standing KO. So now that there's not that I'm comparing Bo to Chemayev, but Chemayev, a primary grappler, then stands with Mirshart, knocks him out. You know, maybe Bo Nickel has that breakthrough knockout or something in this fight, and his cards go up. Yeah. So next fight we've got, this is a fight that is is very, very hard for me to uh, 
to decide on how I feel about it. We've got Jalen Turner versus Dan Hooker in the lightweight division. Jalen Turner is obviously number 11. Dan Hooker is number 12. I've seen both of these guys look phenomenal, and I have seen both of these guys look very, very bad. So I really don't know how I feel about this fight. Uh, what do you think, Devin? I'd like to pick because we kind of saw Jalen Turner get that. I mean, he went from Brad Riddell to Matus Gamrot. I mean, it was a it was a massive step up, and I thought he looked okay at times against Gamrot. Gamrot, I think it was like, I think he won via split decision. So, you know, I. I don't put too much weight into that loss. However, I put weight into his previous UFC losses, Matt Frivola and Luke. So tough fight to pick, as you said, Gavin. Um, I think I think someone's getting finished here, in my opinion. Yeah, I I, I completely agree because we see Dan. We know how Dan likes to go out and fight. It's either he goes out there and gets the finish, or he pretty much loses by being finished. And same way with Turner, although Turner's last one was a uh, split decision. Turner obviously looks for the kill every time he's out there. So I'm interested to see how that fight plays out. Um, I think it's going to be exciting. Like I said, these fights just keep on rolling uh, onto the next one. Oh, and also that's another Australian on the card and Dan Hooker. Uh, so right now we're on like three Australians on the card, which I think is awesome. And the next one, we've got another Australian. We've got the Reaper. Robert Whitaker fighting Drikus Duplessis. Drikus is obviously a big rookie in the 2022 products, 2022 Prism, 2022 Select. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of Drikus Duplessis. I do, on the other hand, really like Robert Whitaker. Whitaker's been doing this for a while. He's fought the who's who of the middleweight division. He's kind of in that Max Holloway conversation, in my opinion, as far as like sitting at the top of the division and beating everybody but not being able to beat the champ. Uh, I mean, like I said, we've seen Whitaker fight pretty much everyone in this middleweight division since like the mid-2000s. So it's kind of interesting to see what's going to happen here. Um, like I said, not super high on Drikus. I know there's a lot of people really, really high on Drikus. Uh, what's your opinions? I mean... Beating Robert Whitaker, if you're not named Israel Asanya, has proven to be basically an impossible task. So I'm not I'm not super high on the upset alert here, in my opinion, as you said, Gavin. But Drikus has proved a lot of people wrong. He's kept winning. He was losing to Trevin Giles and then knocked him out in the second round. So it would be a big upset. But again, I got to go Whitaker here, I feel like, as you said, Gavin. The only thing that I just cannot stand is I feel as if, like... I don't know if you guys watch the Embedded series or if you guys watch just like all UFC stuff in general, but everything I see on Drikus is his staff, his trainers, everybody just saying, oh, he can't breathe out of his nose. There's a certain percentage. I just don't like the excuses that are being built up already on him. That's the only thing I don't like. It's like, you don't need to say it. I mean, in my opinion, every time I've seen Drikus fight, he looks like he gets gassed very quickly. It could be a nose thing. It couldn't be a nose thing. I just don't get the excuses. If you've watched the Embedded series so far, I think there's three or four episodes out already. They're, his coaches are already saying, oh, Drikus can't breathe out of his nose, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what's up with the excuses, man? I don't get it. Yeah, it oh. seems like they already know something that we don't know, maybe. Possibly. So uh, here we go. There's two title fights on this card. Obviously, if you're not excited about this card with the fights that we've already gone through, it just keeps getting better. The first title fight we have is in the flyweight division. We have Brandon Moreno versus Alexandre Pantoja. This is an absolute insane fight, in my opinion. I think this is a massive sleeper fight. I don't see as many people getting excited as I think they should be. Uh, in my opinion, this fight, I don't know how long everybody's been watching UFC for, but this fight gives me the closest thing to Israel Asanya versus Poton that there could be, in my opinion. If you guys didn't know the history between these two guys, Pantoja is basically Brandon Moreno's kryptonite. Uh, Pantoja beating him in the Contender Series, and then Pantoja beating him in the UFC, causing Brandon Moreno to get cut from the UFC. Then Brandon Moreno comes back, gets the belt, and now is current champion. What do we think about this? I think this is insane. It's going to be a great fight. I think it's things also keep in mind. I mean, Moreno has a fresh opponent now besides Kai Carr France. Like, he was fighting Figueredo, I think, four of the last five fights I think he's fought. So, 
it's a new it's a new opponent. No offense to Kai, a tougher opponent than Carter France in my opinion in Pantoja. So it's a lot to keep kind of that storyline going. Do we get another Figueredo fight? We have Pantoja who's beaten Randall twice, both you know from south from you know south 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 of the U.S. So I love this fight. I think it's a good co-main and. Pinto's been on a roll, so it's gonna be fun to see how he comes out in this fight. Yeah, and in all honesty, man, I mean, Brandon Moreno. I've never been a massive fan of Brandon Moreno, but I've, he's definitely gained a pretty big fan from what I've seen about Brandon Moreno and going back and really doing some research on him. Not only does he seem just like an amazing guy, an amazing character, but dude, this guy just—I mean, he he proves himself every single time. If he doesn't get it done the first time. He comes back for blood and, and gets it done. So I really hope Moreno can do it against Pantoja this weekend. But if not, hey, new new mix-ups and the divisions is always exciting in my opinion. So if we see Pantoja get the belt, I wouldn't be upset either. But with that being said, we've got two Mexicans on this card in Brandon Moreno and Yair Rodriguez. We, we've got, what is it? Three champs, Grosso, Moreno, and if you want to count Yair as the interim champ, we have three Mexican champs at the moment. So it could it could be a big turn. We could see Brandon still be champ. We could still see Alexa be champ. And then for the main event, we've got Volkanovski versus Yair Rodriguez. We could see another Mexican champ in the UFC. What do we think about this main event? It's going to be a fun fight. I agree with the odds that favor Volkanovski, of course. But Yair kind of keeps proving people wrong. He had a dominant fight against Josh Emmett. He had a pretty close fight. I mean, close for most fighters against Max Holloway. So I think it's exciting. I think it's a good matchup for, for Volkanovski. Again, another fresh matchup. So excited to see what happens. Yeah, I think that this is a great, great test in regards of Volkanovski's competition. We've seen Volk fight Max Holloway. He's kind of put that to rest now, in my opinion. I think that Volk is just Max's kryptonite. Uh, but then we see Volk go up and challenge Islam and have an amazing fight. Um, so this is very fun because this is a guy that we haven't seen fight Volkanovski yet. But this is also a guy that is extremely dangerous. Although the odds are favoring Volkanovski because Volkanovski, in my opinion, is going to go down as one of the greatest of all time, win or lost this Saturday. Um, Yair opposes a threat that we haven't seen Volk really take in a while. Obviously, Max Holloway, in my opinion, is one of the best boxers in the UFC and probably one of the best boxers in UFC history. But Yair Rodriguez mixes up some stuff that is is very, very hard to read. So Volkanovski being one of the most intelligent fighters in the UFC that I've ever seen, I feel like he can probably get a good read on him. But there's always that big question mark with Yair Rodriguez. He throws insane kicks, insane elbows. I mean, one of the craziest knockouts I've probably ever seen in the UFC the UFC is when Yair Rodriguez knocked out the Korean zombie with like one second left with like a behind the back elbow. So it's very exciting. Uh, Yair Rodriguez has rookie cards and kind of, I think it's earlier tops products, not too early, but I would be interested to see what happens with the market as far as Volkanovski and Yair goes, depending on who wins. Cause interesting enough, Volkanovski, even though I think he's one of the greatest of all time, his card market does not reflect that, which I think is interesting. So I'm interested to see if Yair wins, if Yair stuff goes up, or Volkanovski proves himself once again to be one of the greatest of all time if his stuff goes up. Yeah, I think that Islam fight, in, 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 in my opinion, helped his cause, but it probably actually hurt a little bit from his card perspective, I think. And Yair Rodriguez, he's he's had a weird career. I mean, he had that eye, actual eye poke against Jeremy Stevens. Then he was rumored to be cut from the UFC when he wouldn't take a fight, and he had hurt against the Zabit matchup. Comes back, fights Max Holloway, fights Ortega, who gets a, a shoulder injury. So is that kind of this weird, unlucky career up to this point? It's still been very, very good. But it could be the time for him to break out and get a win. We'll see. I think it's going to be a fun fight on Saturday night. I agree. So let's get into it. Um, let's do our picks. Obviously, we both get three individual picks. I will let you pick first. This is a pretty stacked card, so I'm fine with you getting the first pick on whoever you want. I'm going Bo Nickel. All right, that's a solid one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go Tetsuo Tyra as my first pick. I like it. I'm gonna go. I'm a big fan of this guy, uh, Vitor Petrino, on the prelims, early prelims. 
25-year-old love his potential at a no. Vitor Petrino. It's a sneaky little pick. I feel like a lot of people probably wouldn't think either of us would go with a pick like that, to be honest. Uh, I'm going to go – I actually – I like Cameron uh, Saman, so I'm going to go Cameron Saman. I think he's a very exciting fighter at 130. He mixes in some awesome kickboxing. I think every time he fights, it's exciting. All right. I have a couple options here, but I'm going to go with Jalen Turner. Really? Nice. He wins. You have a way that you think he's going to win? KO. Nice. All right. And then uh, my last pick, I am going to go with our guy, Jack Della Maddalena. I really enjoy watching Jack fight. I think he has some Max Holloway-esque type striking, and I can't wait to see what he does this Saturday. And one other note, I'm a huge fan of the other prelim fight, Yasmin Yaragoy versus Denise Gomez. That's going to be two straw weights who pack a big punch. So that's going to be a fun fight as long as it lasts, I feel like. I'm not too familiar with either of them, to be completely honest. I mean, both of them have f phenomenal records, 10-0 and then 7-2. and You see a way that that's going to go? I think... Jargui gets the knockout is my prediction, but Gomez had knocked her last time out too, so it's going to be a fun fight on the prelims. It's like on the it. prelims for a reason, in my like on the the featured prelims for a reason. I feel like I like it. Is that all three of our picks? That's it. Fahad, who's your pick? Just one pick. Just one pick. Hmm. I'm gonna go with Volkanovski for the for the main event. I like, I like it. it. <laughs> there you go. Just safe pick, but you never know. You never know. I think it's it's going to be a very fun fight. Obviously, five rounds being a championship fight. Like I said, not only does Yair pose insane striking, but he also has some pretty crazy submissions. So I'm excited to see what happens. Segwaying into our next segment I'd like to talk about. Earlier, we talked about the products that have released while we were gone. Now we're going to talk about a product that comes out and a couple of, well, is rumored, not rumored, but is scheduled to come out in a couple weeks. Um, in Select 2023 UFC, this is a product that throughout all sports is a fan favorite, in my opinion, and what from I've seen in the community. Uh, everybody really does enjoy Select when it comes out every year. Although there has been a lot of talk about this product. Um, the The preview has come out on some of these cards. And from my consensus of who I've talked to, a lot of people are not happy about these designs this year. Uh, me personally, I'm indifferent. If you guys want to check out this preview, it's on Cardboard Connection. Just look up UFC Select 2023 on Cardboard Connection, uh, and you can see some of the previews of these cards. Uh, the Concord, this is, I don't know if you've seen these yet, Devin. I'm indifferent. I don't dislike or like. I'm kind of just like, uh, there's a lot that I wish they would have done. The concourse cards look exactly like the premier level cards from first year select UFC. The premier level cards look exactly like the octagon side cards this year. I, like I said, I'm indifferent. Um, I mean, the one thing for me is the octagon side looks almost identical to the premier level. So I, <laughs> yeah, I, I think exactly. it's gotta be, I'm always someone who says like, let's see it before, let's see it in our hands before we like make our comments or judgment at least. But it does. I mean, I guess there's like circles on the edge instead of like, like triangles. I don't, I don't really understand it very much. To be honest with you, I don't think it speaks octagon side to me. Um, either way, it looks very close. But I think we'll see it in our hands. Hopefully, I have a better idea of what's what. Yeah, so it's that that's interesting to me. I can see why people are a little bit upset about it because it does look very, very similar. Um, but the inserts, there's two uh, previews of the inserts. The and new insert looks really cool in my opinion. Uh, they had and new inserts in the previous product, but this one I think looks leaps and bounds better. Uh, the and is like a nice looking gold. I'm hoping that it's like mm -hmm. reflective. Uh, and then also the sensations they have a preview of. I think the sensations looks like a very, very cool card. I really like the background. I think a black one of one of that is going to be really, really cool as well as a gold. Um, they also are bringing back the artistic selections. Um, 
but they're only available in H2 boxes. What do you think about that? That didn't even realize I, I that. I think it's great. I think it's great. It. I think that's in H2, and the color wheels are in Hobby. I think it makes perfect sense. I think a lot of stores have been kind of left with a lot of H2 product. It's similarly to the undercard prism. It doesn't provide as much bang as other products do, or the, the Hobby version does, but... This is, a, this is a good idea from, from Panini. Keep it a little bit more even in terms of the products. I love the idea, in my opinion. I agree. And not only does it do that, but from what we saw with last year, the artistic selections were a little bit larger or less than a case hit. Um, I think they were like one in eight cases. They were extremely rare. And they were hot when they first came out. The market was high on them. Everybody wanted one because they were so rare. Obviously, if you look at the market on them now, they have absolutely plummeted. Um, so I think it's really cool that they did this. They kept artistic selection, but slid it over to the H2 and then implemented a new, very well, new as far as UFC goes, um, card in the color wheels that are hobby exclusives. And I don't do other sports as much as Devin, but how do the color wheels do in other sports if you guys that are listening only do UFC like I do? You know, the nice thing is, so I'll, I'll give you an example of like soccer come out. They've had like, four or five different select releases like for, for, for different leagues. The color wheels are also along the lines. There's also other... There's like four case hits in the recent FIFA soccer release. Now here, you're really only having basically one case hit being the color wheel, so I think it should do better than other sports' color wheel inserts because select FIFA, you have the color wheel, you have a bunch of plethora of other inserts, whereas here you only have, in hobby, the color wheel being your case hit, so... Should do really well. I love the Bo Nickel one. It's all myself. I'm looking at it right now. I love the idea of getting a rookie one on there. So should be should be, should be pretty hot. We also have on this little preview, we see the Octagon Action Signatures make a return on the preview. If you guys are looking at it with us, there is a Hamza Chimaev Gold Auto for the Octagon Signatures. And then there is also a Tie-Dye Raul Rosas Rookie Auto that looks really nice. Um, under that, we see the... Uh, edition of Sparks and Autograph Memorabilia, which Sparks patches were obviously in previous year select. And Autograph Memorabilia, I don't... Did we have Autograph? We Yeah, we had Autograph Memorabilia last year, uh, but the design is a little bit different this year. Um, the one that we see is an Israel Adesanya patch auto. Um, it's horizontal, where last year the patch memorabilia autos were vertical, and they were either numbered out of like 199 being the base to some base were like out of 99 or 49. Uh, I kind of like this design better. What do you think about this autograph memorabilia design? I like the horizontal look. I think I think it looks like it's maybe a bit of a bigger patch window too. Um, I think it's a great design. I'm curious to see, of course, when the checklist comes out, who's in it. You know, do we see that? Do we see Bo Nickel, Jack Della, Mokai, some of the Redemptions in Donruss have autographs here? I think that'd be really cool. So, you know, I'm, I'm hoping they do a good job with the autograph checklist of this product. I do too. And once that checklist obviously comes out, we'll cover that with you guys. We'll highlight what we think needs to be highlighted. But with that being said, with Select 2023 UFC, the estimated release is July 21st, 2023. Uh, the configuration is supposed to be five cards per pack, 12 packs per box, 12 boxes per case. The H2 configuration is six cards per pack, four packs per box, 20 boxes per case. With 2023 Panini Select UFC Hobby, uh, the box averages is two autographs per box, one relic, 12 prisms, and nine inserts. So a really good mix of stuff, in my opinion. Uh, Select is a fan favorite, like I said earlier, every year. Um, it sells up there as far as market value goes, pretty much up there with Prism. Uh, which is always exciting to see a product do as well as Prism being one of the most favorited products throughout all sports. Um, so I'm very excited for this product to come out. Um, and we've got a loaded rookie class and a lot of really cool new designs with the color wheel and everything. So I'm very excited. From the preview, uh, obviously we have no checklist, Devin, but with just with the preview that we just covered, what is our early prediction scale 1 through 10? What would we give it? I'm going to go up. A pretty solid seven. I think it's going to be a good release. I always love Select more than I do Prism. I think Prism is smart to come out first, but as far as UFC cards go, I love the look of Select. I think they they really highlight some of the the pictures a little bit better. I feel like. Um, also curious to see if it's a 
uh, if it if at the national, if it's out by the national, which it should be, if it is a you know redemption pack thing at the Panini booth, it's always I know it was last year, last year year you know year ago it was Patty Pimblet craze, it was uh, big big stuff, so people you could buy a box at your booth, get a bonus pack from the Panini booth there, so it should be pretty good there. Yeah, so I'm super excited. I agree. I I was actually gonna say a seven as well. Uh, obviously with no checklist or anything, it's just a a broad estimate of what we want to give it but i think a seven is a pretty solid fair grade on that um moving on i want to implement on these episodes now that we are back i want to do some more engagement with you guys as the listeners so when you guys are listening to this episode we will have a new post out on cards of the octagon on instagram um, and i want you guys to comment down below on that post on the instagram account what you guys your biggest hit recently has been since we've been gone. Uh, our post, I will post on a slide uh, my biggest hit recently since we've been gone and as well as Devin's biggest hit that we've hit UFC-wise since we've been gone. But like I said, you guys comment down below on that post on Instagram what the biggest UFC card you guys have hit since we've been gone is. I'd love to see and hear what you guys have been hitting. So that will be up on the Instagram when you guys are listening to this. So please go over there, check it out, drop a follow if you haven't already, and comment below what the biggest hit is. To end us off today, we've got UFC news slash UFC card news. Uh, not much has been going on. Uh, there's only two things that I want to cover. Uh, the first <laughs> thing being a little bit funny. Uh, I'm sure all of you guys have seen it. But we have seen the spark of Mark Zuckerberg versus Elon Musk being in the talks of either, I guess, a grappling, an MMA match. Um, Dana White obviously was loving it on social media, posting Mark versus Zuck on a shirt, on a story. All the celebrities are feeding into it. The fighters are feeding into it. Dude, what do you th- what- it's it's been crazy because this beef isn't like. They're not even like going as as far as like fighting. No, like what? Ha- like uh, you guys, I don't know if you guys know, but there's a new app that just came out yesterday, Wednesday, um, the fifth, and it's called Threads, which is basically a Twitter clone. Um, and you know, Elon runs Twitter, so now Meta, Facebook, Zuckerberg came out with Threads, and then Zuckerberg tweeted for the first time in like 11 years and it's like the spider-man meme where people are pointing at each other where spider-man are pointing at each other so like zuck is calling him out basically and and this beef is kind of slowly increasing and then you know elon came out and said that competition is fine but like cheating is not so like this beef and heat between them it's going further than just like you know the ufc fight but i would love i would love to see a couple of billionaires hash it out (laughs) in the octagon yeah, I mean, I don't I keep up with pretty much all MMA news, but Mark was obviously sparring um and he has been sparring and training. I think he trains BJJ and I think he just does a little bit of sparring yep. in general, but he does. um I saw that once this all sparked that George St. Pierre, my guy is going to step in and train Elon Musk. So, obviously, if this does come to fruition, which I don't think it will, but if it does, I think I'm going to have to be on Elon's side if GSP's the coach and training partner. Um, but I, truthfully, I'm the Elon think, guy here, so I'm probably going to go with Team Zuckerberg. Hey, as someone who loves the technology and loves social media, I think they're. If they both, if we get to see both of them get punched, I think that's the win for us. I mean, what's the weight class? That's the, that's the real question. What's the weight class? <laughs> Dude, I have what's no idea. Heavy weight class versus Zuckerberg's weight class. That's another question. I do <laughs> think it's funny that Dana White, you know, like, like six months ago was like, I don't do the, the, the you know, the, the gimmick boxing stuff. And now he's like seriously interested. We're in a t-shirt that says Zuck versus Elon. Sort of funny to me, I guess, but uh, I don't think it happens. I did say the same thing about Floyd versus Connors, and I was wrong, so... We'll see what comes to fruition here, but you know it'll be a big money fight, I guess, in summer. Yeah, I know he said something about it being like a a hundred dollar pay per view or something like that. Oh fuck! Sorry, screw that. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's from from what I've from what I've heard is that it's a hundred dollar pay per view. Um, is what I think when the initial report that like uh, Dana White said that I talked, he, he said he claims he spoke to both of them. 
and both said they were dead serious about it. So well, the funniest knows? thing I saw with this whole thing, I don't know if you you saw this, Devin, but uh, Chael went on his show and or sorry, he was on Ariel Hawani's show and he said basically that it was either Zuckerberg or Elon called him. Like he said this on live air, he said that he got a call saying that they're making this fight happen and like it's confirmed and all this stuff. And then Errol Hawani was like, are you serious? Like, this is actually big news. And he's like, I'm dead serious, but we all know how uh, Sonnen is. Uh, but then it comes lie. out the next day that it was all a lie, um, which yeah. isn't surprising from him. But, you know, so we'll see if it happens or not. The last thing I want to cover on news, if you guys have anything after this, please do cover it. But I've been holding in my excitement to get to this part this whole time. I don't know if you've seen this yet, Devin, but my guy, George St. Pierre, the GOAT, of MMA, in my opinion, is returning for a BJJ contest in, on uh, the UFC Fight Pass December 14th. It just got announced, I think, literally like an hour and a half ago at the Invitational. So I am very, very excited to see my guy, my GOAT, GSP, come back and compete. Obviously, it's not in a, in a UFC fight, but it is BJJ. So whenever I get to see my guy compete, I'm always excited about it. I think it's going to be fun to watch. I also want to say shout out to local guy Joaquin Buckley since we recorded last he got a win in his new welterweight division head kick KO so hopefully gets another fight before the end of the year and we can looks run good too looks, looks good. good look good look good looks healthy looks massive at welterweight which I've said from the beginning of his career he needs to stay at welterweight he just looks solid at 170 he looks quick he obviously he's not the tallest guy for middleweight at least so it's a very hard division in yep. middleweight being around 510 511 like we see with chris curtis got the power still though the power translated down that's for sure oh yeah all right and on that note we will wrap up this week's episodes of card of the octagon thank you guys so much for listening make sure you go and follow each of our respective accounts on whatever social media platform you like. That's at 314 sports underscore cards, at all time cards, at food film Fahad, and at cards of the octagon. Make sure you check out um, our YouTube channel as well. Um, and then, you know, all time cards, UFC, whatnot. Uh, we have so much UFC goodness, both on the podcast and the Instagram and that, you know, all times is all time cards is one not. So yeah. Um, again, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, make sure you tag us in any recent big polls. Like Gavin said, uh, tag at cards of the octagon, whether it's on Twitter or Instagram, we'll make sure to look at it, like it, you know, and uh, yeah, other than that, you guys have a safe, safe weekend and enjoy UFC 290. We'll be back next week, guys. Yeah. We'll be back next week. See you guys.